When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, this is Stemage from Metroid Metal, Steven Universe, and Viking Guitar Live. And you're listening to The Budget Arcade. Hello gamers and welcome to Budget Arcade, a free-to-play gaming podcast to help you navigate through the growing realm of free-to-play games. I'm Scott. I'm Jeff. I'm Elliot. And welcome to episode number 37. Just to recap, we play a free-to-play game each week and then we review it. Elliot, what was this week's game? We played Chess Rush. We played Chess Rush. Man, that's a hard one for me. Uh, Two of us are drunk. (laughs) Only wine drunk, so it doesn't really count, right? Uh, Chess. I'm drunk off White Claw. (laughs) Ooh, what flavor? Or what? What, oh, I'm uh, just kidding. I don't oh. actually have any White Claw. It's too expensive. They only sell it in like 14 packs. I've never had White Claw, but it also I've doesn't interest me at all. It's not great. No, anyway, it's, it's, what anyway. game did we play this week? Well, I'm not going to say it right again, but it's called Chess Rush. It was released on uh, July 4th of 2019 by Tencent. Uh, it's available on iOS and Android devices. Good old Tencent. Hey, Tencent makes some good stuff. I've been playing a MOBA made by them, and it's good. Yeah, they're mobile PUBG. They're uh, Call of Duty mobile. So I think they're actually more publishers than they are developers. I think that's true, too. Because the other game we played that was made by Timmy, or Timmy. Yeah, it was actually, yeah. Was published by Tencent, and there's a, a, a MOBA on mobile called Arena of Valor, which is both published by Tencent and I think developed by Teamy, but I think they're like the Alphabet, where Google is Google, but it's owned by Alphabet, kind of thing, you know. Mm. Yeah, I think that's kind of them. Gameplay. All right, so gameplay. I will be talking for the rest of the podcast, just me, uh, because this is one of my favorite games. Uh, it is a auto battler in the vein of Dota, Underlords, and um, blanking on it. 
What yeah. is it? Team fight tactics. There you go. Um, you have a eight by eight board, Scott. Uh, I want to say it's the exact same as any other chessboard. Yeah. Like as far as the number of squares. I don't know, but that's how big your board is. Um, and you have a bench of, uh, the same size except just one line. So you can have up to eight, uh, pieces on your bench bench. Good Lord. All right. All three of us are drunk. So the, all right. How do I describe this? I've done this, this once great. before with Dota Overlords, Underlords. I, I thought you had this, Jeff. I'm just so, I want to do the game justice. So as you start the game, you face off against seven other opponents. So it's a eight player game. And uh, each round starts with a store of five pieces that you spend mana on, as opposed to gold like in other games. Uh, and it follows pretty much the same rules as any other auto chess game that you've played. Uh, you level up to add more pieces on the board. So you start off at level one. You can actually, in this game, it's different than others because you start off at level two. So it actually skips that first round because let's face it, you're going to win that round no matter what you do. Uh, so in this game though, it goes right to round two. So you have your level two and uh, you can put two pieces on and then you level to three, you put three and so on and so forth all the way up to 10 uh you gave i've actually seen people lose that first round did they have any piece on the board um well see here's the thing about this if you don't buy a piece or pick a piece in the first or second round it will automatically purchase one and throw it on the board for you you can turn that off in the settings so i'm okay so i didn't have that off in the settings so i there was one point i wanted to save my mana Mm mm-hmm and didn't want to purchase a piece because I had like some pieces that I had already wanted to start leveling up and it auto purchased a piece for me. I mean, luckily though, you can sell it back for the same price, but I was like, I didn't want it to do that. Right. I haven't had that do that to me, but you can turn off the auto uh, where it automatically fills any space on your board. If you, if you like, let's say you're level six and you have five pieces, you can turn that off where it won't put that six piece in. Um, yeah, anyway, so as you go through, you round-robin play other players, and, uh, you know, the last team standing wins, the last player standing wins. Uh, you buy pieces with different classes uh, and race. Uh, so in this game, you have Dragon and Rider and... Uh, There's nine, I think, if I'm not mistaken, classes to choose from. Does that sound right? Yeah, nine different, um, I think nine different classes and 53 heroes. And that's from their fandom. Wiki. Okay, so there's probably nine classes, but there's more races yes. than that. Uh, well, not than that, but the, so like you can have hunters and there's an elf hunter and a goblin hunter uh, and, and a cyborg hunter, you know. And so as you put these pieces on your board, the unique pieces will combine and give you synergies that benefit your team. Uh, during battles with creep rounds, which are CPU uh, played characters, uh, you also gain equipment that you can attach to your team to boost them in different ways. Um, that's pretty much the whole of the gameplay. If you've played an auto battler, you pretty much know what to expect here. I find them to be really similar. I've only played Underlords as my only other auto battler, but it handles very similarly. So if you understand that, you'll understand yeah. auto chess pretty quickly, I think. 
Oh yeah, I agree. And I mean, I feel that I was better equipped to play this game because of how we played Underlords. I agree with that too. And how we learned to yeah. play it. But I think Auto Chess, I think it did a better job of teaching you how to play in the beginning than uh, Underlords did. Underlords basically just it's like kind of lets you figure it out by yourself where Auto Chess kind of helps say you Auto a little chess, bit. You mean, you mean, you mean chess, chess Rush? Chess Rush, yeah, sorry, okay. sorry, sorry. I, you know, I will agree. I think this, one of the reasons that I kind of stick with this, because there's a lot of auto battlers on mobile now, then the reason that this is the one I go back to and play and take seriously is it's just so clean. Like the presentation is great. The graphics are the best I've seen on an auto battler on mobile. Um, all the characters look Sound unique good. and colorful. It sounds good. The voice acting's pretty good throughout with, with exceptions. Yeah, um, there's some exceptions there for sure. Yeah, like the witch doctor sounds awful. It sounds like someone just ran their voice through a filter. But there are others that sound great. Um, and then the announcer that announces your synergies, I love. Uh, so if you get like two riders, they'll say two riders, and he's got a deep voice. And then when you actually max out a synergy, he's like, whoa, whoa six riders. And it just adds something to the game. It's just punchy. Um, and everything's just clear. Like, what you do and what's happening is just clear to me. And that's well, why... The other thing, too, is if it isn't clear to you, it pops up with a, like, here, click this to understand more about, like, this thing. Mm-hmm. So it does do a very good yeah, job it of does. that. It's very user-friendly, which is a, something I liked a lot about it. Jeff, what was your favorite units to use when you play this game? When I play this, um, it used to be Sword Dancer because she was overpowered, um, but they have raised her. I, I don't know that I have a favorite unit. I love running Riders because they're so versatile. Okay, so Riders. No, no, I didn't mean like a specific unit. Oh, yeah, like a, Riders because you, a... you can do a lot with Riders. Okay, what about you, Elliot? Did I, you uh, find one you like I the feel most? like I used a lot of writers because I felt like their bonus was really easy to attain. And I don't know if that mm-hmm. was just... My, my yeah, strategy... They have a, a 2, 4, 6. So you get a bonus at 2, a bonus yeah. at 4, and a bonus at 6. And the other thing about writers is they pretty much combo with just about anything else you want to do. I found my strategy True. to just be whatever units were on my map the first time. I kind of stuck with a lot of those. And see, as you get further into the ranks, you actually have to do something similar to that because a lot of times you're not given the opportunity to build the um, synergies that you want to. Mm-hmm. And you have to go with what's there available for you. And I noticed that a lot of uh, you know players, they go for certain synergies and that takes away from the pool that you have to be able to, to pull from. And so you can't do those exact same synergies. Um, the one I really liked was the uh, druids because mm-hmm. of their ability. So if you have two druids, two separate, like two different types of druids, it makes it where you only need two of each specific druid to start it up. So say you've got, you know, two yeah, but, different druids and we should say and real quick, get a matching pair because we didn't go over it is what scott's talking about is you level your pieces by collecting sets of three and uh that makes them a two-star unit which doubles their hp and out and damage and then when you 
get nine units, it becomes a three star and uh, that triples that output. Yes. And so the druids, their special ability, whenever you have two separate types of druids, if you get a matching pair for them, they will two star into that without the third unit. And then if you get four separate types of druids, you can three star those druids with only a matching pair as well. A matching pair of two stars. Um, Correct. Yep. And I want to give you so a you little tip. So you only end up using a total of four of each druid to do it. Right. And the druids are nice that way. So like if you're running elves, elves and druids pair nicely. Um, or Oh, it... yes, they do. Because like there's like three or four druids that are also elves, mm-hmm. which was like perfect. Yeah. And if you're running um, like beasts, there's a lot of beast druids. Uh, and the other thing about druids that's great is you you don't need to have them on your board to get that synergy. You can leave them on your bench and have that synergy. Exactly. And here's a, a tip, Scott. I don't know if you noticed this, but witch doctors are one cost units. And if you level them with the druid synergy, they become valued at three. So you can sell it off for a profit. Oh, nice. No, so what that. I'll do is if I've got a little extra money and I see witch doctors, I'll just keep them on my board. And then eventually a druid will pop up. I'll buy it for a sec, combine them, sell it off, and then sell off the other unit and just make a little extra money on the side that way. Yeah. So a strategy that I was also doing a lot of times, and I don't think it's very like descriptive about this strategy. So say you've got a full bench. You've got a full map, but there's a unit that you need to buy to be able to combine to make it into another unit. If it won't let you buy the unit, what you can do is you can take a unit off your bench, put it onto the playing field, buy the unit, combine them, and then pull that extra unit back into your bench and you before the, the round starts mm-hmm. and you don't get the uh, you don't have that like uh, disability of not being able to purchase the unit that you need yeah you also need to be careful though because it will sell a random unit if you don't have space on your bench and you have too many people on the board uh, so normally if you have space on your bench it'll just pull a piece off and put it to your bench but if you have a full bench and like 10 11 pieces on the board it's going to sell one of them and it's always the one you don't want sold. So if you're going to do that, move <laughs> quickly. Yes, exactly. But yes, but it's, you know, it's kind of more of an advanced tactic to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Cause there's sometimes you just like, there's all the pieces on your bench you want to keep mm-hmm. and selling one of them is not going to be, you know, advantageous to you, but you, you want to star up that other unit and you, the only way to do it is to purchase it outright and then start it together yeah that. and i use a similar strategy if like i'm rolling down like i'll throw a bunch on there and i'll just start rolling to buy stuff and hope to level it if it's getting late in the game okay ellie do you have anything else you want to add to with the gameplay uh i played on ipad this week and i felt that sometimes the controls of trying to grab a unit and put it to the board or put it where i wanted to was a little not like uh accurate at times but that was probably the only downside I felt when I was playing was I felt that sometimes touching no. a unit didn't work the way I wanted mm-hmm. it to and moving it. I, I agree. I I had that on Android as well. Yeah, and I play on Android and I play a lot of this. I haven't had issues getting maybe once or twice moving a unit around. But the big thing is uh, when assigning equipment, you can hit a piece of equipment and it's got a recommended yes. button. And I can't sometimes I hit that recommended button and it won't take. 
and yeah, I really so I have to mash too. it, and then I'll miss a chance to get um, that piece, uh, that equipment on a, one of my pieces. So that is definitely yeah. well. There's a way to like circumvent that too. If you actually select the piece and then go into your inventory and click on mm-hmm. the inventory piece, it will add it to that specific unit. Right, and that, and you can get around. If you do it the other way, you can only put it on recommended one. But if you pick your piece first, and then click the uh, equipment you want, you can do it that way. And the other thing that's good about this game, unlike a lot of other ones, I mean, Dota Underlords lets you do it, but some some of the other big ones, you can't remove your equipment from pieces without selling them. But in this game, you can. You can remove all your equipment and, and rearrange it at any time. Uh, yes. And one of the other things, like Elliot mentioned, that it is a much more user-friendly experience. The game does have recommended builds, and you can... I I turn them off because it kind of annoys me because it'll recommend something I don't want to yeah, do. I had to turn them off. But if you're new to the game and you want to kind of know how builds work and what to aim for, uh, it does help to, to well, use that. To you're kind of absolutely get an idea. right because I used it the first like three or four days and like I won every time. And I mm-hmm. followed the recommended what it like recommended to me, and I never lost. So it definitely was accurate. Yeah. I I sort of did that too in the beginning, but then there was like some builds that I couldn't do because people were taking the pieces I needed. So I had adjusted a little bit, and that's why Jeff saw me doing a lot of uh, mage and cyborg combo mm-hmm. in the beginning because a lot of times that's all that was available to me, even though it was part of my recommended build as well. You got to do cyborg hunters sometime. I did cyborg hunters like just my last game, I think. Oh, it shreds. Uh-huh. It's so good. Yeah, um, I believe it. Um, what about the... There's different game modes mm-hmm. as well that you can select. Um, I think we should probably go over those. I don't know. I only played this week. I only played the uh, ranked. Mm-hmm. I Same. didn't play anything else. Same. Yeah, I play ranked um, I don't classic know about you, Jeff. pretty much exclusively. Uh, turbo mode is a much faster mode. And it does actually change the gameplay. The basic rules are there, but it's more about forcing that build that you want as opposed to kind of playing in a flexible way where you take what comes to you and build your build around what you get. Whereas Turbo is more about really just forcing that build because the game moves so fast and it's a shorter game session if you're playing on mobile. There is a new mode treasure something. I, again, I haven't really ventured out of classic uh, because I like the longer game mode. I like the, the time it takes to play it and the strategy of it. Uh, there's also sort of almost like a gambling section where you, sp- you spend money to buy in and can get the arena. Yeah. You can get money back. Yeah. For... The golden ticket arena or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can get money back for placing. There's a practice, a bot mode. Like if you didn't have Wi-Fi and you were on an airplane or something, you could play against bots. Um, I wanted to ask you about bots with because... The, the co-op mode as well. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask about bots because I know you've played a lot of these. And I felt like I was playing against bots a couple of times because I was just dominating where I know nothing mm-hmm. of this game and... So do you feel like there's a lot of bots in this game or not really? No, I really don't. Um, No, not at all. I think what happens, Elliot, is that you've spent a little bit of time playing Dota and you know how to hit interest points. Uh, You know that you need to hit synergies and you know how to two and three star. And when you first boot this game up, you're playing with 
brand noobs and who have never maybe never played one before. So like if I pick up I am expecting when Team Fight Tactics comes out on mobile for my first 10 15 games I expect to be shredding people just because I know the rules of this genre and as long as I stick to those I'll do fine. But once I get further along I'm going to need to learn the meta. I'm going to need to learn which builds work. Um like one of the things that I like that I think helps me is that I know what units I need to be looking out for now. Like I've gotten so used, I know what characters are available and what synergies they have and um, what I can do to kind of top off my roster. It just knowing those things from playing it really yeah. helps. And I, that's once you get that point, that's when it really clicks. And, but I haven't ran. The only time I've seen bots is when I went into bots mode. Okay. Um, yeah, and now I could be wrong. There could be bots, but the times where I don't get, like, there's several games where I finished dead last because I'm not getting the build I'm shooting for, and it, it just isn't going right. And I'm not hitting my three star or my two stars, and I just get shredded because everybody else plays that way. You know? Yeah. So I don't yeah. think and so. There are I bots. know the very first game that I played was apparently was a practice game. And actually, when when I went into the list of my... Uh, so if you go into your character sheet, it shows you a list of all the games you've played and what mode you were playing in. And the very first game I played was actually in practice mode. That was that one, that first one I showed you guys. Oh, okay. And then everything after that was all in ranked. Mm-hmm. And it was just... And I've noticed that the further up I get in ranked, the harder the players I'm facing are. And that's how it should be. Like, And your strategy has to change. Like, I got out yes. of the basic levels just by knowing how to hit interest points. And then I got out of the mid-levels by learning how to make comps. What I what I would call the rule of six and three. Uh, you want to fully complete one build or one synergy, like knights or warriors. And then you want to supplement with a three stack of another one. And then kind of fill in the gaps where you can on other synergies. And that kind of pushed me up into the bishop tier. But now in the bishop tier, I'm having to really work with managing my economy. uh, Making sure that, you know, there's times where I don't need to hit a synergy where I just need to have another two-star unit on there. So one thing you'll want to pay attention to, there are certain synergy buffs that buff your team or buff a particular race so for instance knights and warriors their synergy only buffs knights and warriors whereas like goblins and undead they give you a buff to your whole team or in the uh example of undead they debuff the opponent team and so if you have two undead on your board it does you no benefit to put a third on but if you have three warriors on your board, the fourth, I think you get right. Right, at four you would get another undead. But if you have three warriors on your board, if you put a fourth warrior on, they're going to get that warrior bonus. Whereas if you put any other thing in there as opposed to a third undead, you're still going to have the same level of undead effectiveness, um, and that's sort of things that you learn and that I'm learning now, and I'm really actually starting to get where I'm positioning is starting to matter i noticed that this one guy kept 
uh, he was doing a lot of AOE damage. And the way he had his team is his front line would block mine in. And then his back line was all mages. And they were just being able to do this AOE damage with everyone grouped together. So I had to split them out. So I had two units that I moved up front on the left side. And then I had my back line in the back right corner. And so his front line jumped to the left. They attacked there. And my back line was able to not get the AOE damage. And I was able to pull out a win. So I'm still learning things. I played a ton of this game. But there's just an impossible amount to learn. And I'm, we'll get into that when we hit replayability. Yeah. Um, so the, the co-op mode mm-hmm. is you and a friend can play. I think you could do a, up to four players, right, with you? There's a squad mode, which does four. So, okay, you okay. can queue up with up to four people in just about any mode. Uh, the exception being, like, ranked, you have to be kind of similarly ranked. So when Scott first turned on the game, I was in high nights, and he was, at, you know, just pawn because he just got the game. We couldn't queue up and rank, so we had to do co-op. Um, so, yeah, there are those modes as well. Yeah, and the co-op, it was interesting because you put two of your pieces on the side of the board, on the left-hand side of the board, and your um, your teammate gets to use those additional two pieces on their board every time they battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, we were running one of the synergies is Punishers, uh, which is sort of like an anti-mage if you've played Dota Underlords. Um, and he had one of the Punishers. It's a two, um, you know, two gets you the first buff. So he had one Punisher and I had the other. So I threw it on the this little, you get to, each player gets to put two units in that space. And I put my other Punisher over there. So he only had to worry about getting one Punisher on the board to get the two Punisher bonus. So it's interesting. I'd like to play that more. Um, but it was kind of tough yeah, too. when we, the voice comms, we couldn't quite get to work. I think it was more user error than the game. Um, I'm saying on my part, but I think there's a ton of cool strategies you could do there. If you can communicate and say, oh, you're going for punishers. Well, let, I've, I seem to be hitting punishers and let me go ahead and make sure I can get those stacked up and put them on the board for you. It opens up a lot of possibilities, but I don't tend to stray out of the ranked mode. So as you play, you gain XP um, and they do seasons uh, similar to like Fortnite. And so like after season one, I finished low Bishop and they started me back at night one for season two. I imagine if I actually got up to like Queen, it would dump me back down to Bishop, you know, and that sort of thing. Uh, So you gain XP and other things that we'll get into when we hit the paywall. Yeah, and I think you have to place in the top three to gain XP. Is that correct? Top four. Top four. Yeah. Okay. Though, so, so like, four, if you're, you're playing you're ranked, gaining stuff. Yeah, if you're playing ranked, as long as you hit the top four, you're going to get something. Uh, if you hit the bottom four, you're going to lose something. And I think it's actually pretty even. Like, if you're if you're number one, you get a hundred like ranked points. If you're eighth, you lose a hundred. So. Um, but if you're good at the game, you're going to climb and it seems pretty fair to me. Well, heck my first real game, I think I progressed to like pawn one after the first game. Like I had leveled that far up to it. So, and that's cause I just well, won it. Yeah. So, and I don't yeah. know if it, what did you, uh, what did you end the week at Elliot? Uh, what's the rank b- beside pawn or the next one? Rook. 
Yeah, I got to Rook 1. Mm-hmm. I only played, like, a game or two a night, so I didn't play a whole lot, but... You actually level faster at low, lower levels, so okay. I think it's, like... Uh, I can't remember exactly, but I think it's, like, 60 points to level at Pawn, you know, 70 at Bishop, Knights is, like, 90, and... It might be more than that, but at Bishop, it's like 130. So you, you one win won't get you a level like it will in the other modes. Uh, yeah, other I'm sure. Ranks. Which is how it should be, right? I mean, that's good level. Right. Hey, Wall. Um, so there's two different currencies in this, but I don't think they are effective like most of these other games that have these two currencies because you don't actually use one currency to buy the other yes you do uh one is a <laughs> oh you do yeah you can buy gold oh, i see i didn't find that section so there's something a little frustrating in this game that new players won't deal with but i finished last season and they had a board i wanted and i could spend one million gold and i was grinding and saving and grinding and saving oh and man Out of context, the next season great. started they took away the store and they ended up having to put it back to appease people like me but i'd already blown that money because i thought oh well i can't buy it now um so they changed between season one and season two a lot uh one of the things there actually used to be a third currency which was shards that you would spend on other particular items but now i have these shards in my inventory no way to spend them the only thing i've seen about the gold is to what use use it in the lottery thing yeah that they have so again they've changed it up it used to be there were certain items you could buy with gold but now you can just do lottery um i so this is my biggest i love this game but my biggest problem are the microtransactions and not for any other so they are cosmetic which is great so you can go your whole life not buying anything and still have a great experience with just rep chess rush uh, but the problem is, is they're exorbitantly expensive. Um, now, they actually are a little better this season because the cash upon machine uh, is you, you're guaranteed to get a character if you spend on that. And I think one token is three dollars and you're guaranteed to get a character. Um, so that's a little better. But they had altered it before where you play the lottery and you could get permanent upgrades. And then at the start of season two, all you could get were temporary cosmetics. And people complained and they changed it back. So whoever's coming up with the the transactions on this are taking a very electronic arts approach of just do <laughs> as much garbage as you can until people throw a fit and then go back and fix it. I Their prices are really crazy to me. And their competitors are more reasonably priced. The uh, Dragon Nest version of Auto Chess has some very reasonable prices on their stuff. Now, the other thing is that they do have a season pass and its prices you would expect about $10, which you would see on just about any other game that has a season pass. And I'm grinding through that and I'm getting some good stuff. Um, but that's the exception as far as what I would consider an affordable microtransaction although like i said gashapon gashapon's actually pretty cheap it's three bucks you get a roll and you're guaranteed to get something new yeah the season pass though i've noticed um 
even doing it without purchasing the pass, the, the leveling on it is pretty uh, substantial. It goes pretty quickly, which is very nice. So yeah, and there's lots of challenges. purchase the season pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I did purchase the season pass from season one, and I wish I didn't on that one just because I was bouncing between a bunch of games. And so I didn't really finish that one, but I'm on track to finish this current season with, you know, getting everything without spending anything above the lowest buy-in, which is the $10 buy-in. And, you know, I'm enjoying it. And so I think overall this season's better with their microtransactions. I just don't like the fact that they dump out, they, you know, they put out really dumpy sort of practices and then just wait till people complain to fix them. I'd rather them come out with something cool to begin with and then everybody can be oh, this is great. So that's all the complaint I have about this game is just the microtransactions are not where they need to be. And of course they do that dumpy thing where you have to buy more currency than you want for an item. So if you want a gash upon coin, I think they're 90 and you have to buy 130 coins to get it, you know? So I, I don't like the uh, initial UI when it comes to the, um, um, did we lose you? It? The uh, oh. the main the main menu because mm-hmm. there's, there's just like you know mobile PUBG and some of the other these other ones we played. There's and I think this is you know something with Tencent. They do like with all their mobile games that I've noticed so far is their UI is just too crowded with so much crap. They've got their battle pass section. They've got their you know their role for for mm-hmm. you know their lottery thing that they've got in this game they've got another section that's like another lottery type of thing there's your friend section how many there's got to be at least i think there's like 15 buttons on this front there UI, might be more right? and that's that's fair but i think compared to other games it doesn't feel as cluttered to me because they're very minimalistic buttons around the border and in the middle you have a, a really nice like indoor setting where your avatar is there and in the middle is you can see this sort of small model version of the board you have active. So I think that's fair, but I also think compared to other games, it's actually a lot cleaner. I've noticed, um, I, you know, I, for my, in my day job, I work with high schoolers. So a lot of the games that we play, like I end up talking to them about like um, Call of Duty Mobile and that's one of those things I feel like these screens are just like jumbled with a bunch of just junk on them. Mm-hmm. And when I say that to them, they look at me like I'm an idiot. So I don't know if it's just because we're a little older, Scott, but like the high school Maybe. kids I talk to, they don't like, they're like, I never really see it like that. And I'm like, really? I feel like it's just too much crap going on. But like, I've n- they never complain about that whenever I talk to them about games like this. But so it's kind of funny. I think it might be an old person thing that we have. Yeah, I mean, we, we aren't that old. I mean, I guess, I guess we're, like, close oh, to middle age. Oh, but look, but... to 15-year-olds, no, we're, we're ancient, age, man. Scott. To 15-year-olds, that's old. Yeah. You're in denial. True. You and I are middle age. <laughs> I don't know how old Elliot is. I'm 32. I'm... You're, yeah, you're not quite middle aged, but Scott but and again, I definitely are. To 15-year-olds. Year, so. To 15-year-olds, that's ancient, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, true. true. Oh, <laughs> trust me. Dude, 15-year-olds that don't listen to podcasts. Actually, they do. Yeah. It's a huge thing. Yeah. Dude. So yeah. I found that people my age tend to love it, you know, because they grew up with talk radio and now it's just 
better talk radio. Uh, they do, but man, the they're year. really picky. They like all the mainstream stuff, like Joe Rogan, and then oh. they'll have like one or two little things that like are kind of weird that they're into. But podcasting, they seem to be into it. From when I when I talk to them about it, you know, when it's brought up. So Joe anyway. Rogan. You know what? I, you know, he's got some I'm good gonna stuff. I'm going to start a war with Joe Ro- Joe Rogan. Yeah, right. You, you're not, we're nothing to that, dude. You suck, Joe Rogan. Come oh, at me. Come on to our podcast. And come. He, Actually, he's an MMA fighter. He would destroy me. Yeah, so, he had uh, Kevin Smith on last week. It was a good interview. I, I apologize, Joe. I'll still... Do you want me to start something with him on Twitter? I, he probably won't even respond, but I'll, I'll, I'm willing to. <laughs> You know, I would. I will. He's actually quite the the badass. Yeah, I mean, I haven't listened to his podcast. Neither have I. Really, have no desire to. I listen there's when so there's many... people that I like on it. That's what I listen yeah. to it. There's just so many interview podcasts. It's like I got really disappointed when Conan's podcast came out, and it was just interviews. Oh, but like, his, oh, it's good. This isn't man. what I want. His episode with I... Stephen Colbert is phenomenal. I listened to that one. All right, let's get back to the game replayability uh i have not stopped playing this game uh the amount of time it takes to learn all the strategies and different strategies and the element of randomness makes every game different there's i love this game and there's no reason to not dive back into it it's limitless replayability without spending one cent yeah, and I mean, even the fact that we've only played really one mode, and there's like, like I think there's like four, four to six other modes, mm-hmm. something like that. There's quite a bit of replayability here that you know we haven't even scratched the surface on, and just that fact alone just shows how much there is to this game. Yeah, I I don't really know what else to say other than it's just so much depth to it that I'm not tired of it. Uh, I and I probably got 40 to 50 hours in it you know and i keep coming back and i keep learning something new judgment so this game is gonna get my seal uh i I mean i can't get not give this my seal i'm pretty sure i gave underlords my seal Mm -hmm. and this game is far superior to that game so 100% 100% my seal. I recommend this game. Elliot, how about yourself? Uh, I think this, my line of thought is this speaks to the genre. I feel the genre is kind of bloated right now. I I think there is a difference between this and Underlords, which is the only other one I've played. But when I look at the, the League of Legends one, too, they just look so similar. The rounds kind of feel similar. Um, so I think, like, whichever one you just find that you like and you just mm-hmm. stick with, I don't think it's a bad game. I'm giving it my seal, but I don't know. I I really would, I don't know. Maybe it's just not the game genre that is my choice. I Well, and I think you're being fair. I think from, and I've played just about any one of these I can get my hands on. So I think that's a fair criticism. This is, to me, though, the best, at least on mobile. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're done. But, no, I feel like um, the I feel like the games are a little long for a mobile game. I don't know. It's it's not. I think it's fun. Um, mm-hmm. It gets my seal. I like it more I than. I mean, Underlords. that was my biggest qualm with the Underlords, though. Was I said the games were so long? Yeah. You know, you've got at least thirty minutes. I don't if know not if we played Underlords now. If I would give it my seal after playing this, you know what I mean. Well, Underlords has changed a lot. 
Yeah. And so, for the worse, in my opinion. I don't know. Uh, the genre every time, is just so, weird. It is, and it's still growing, right? It's right. still we're still figuring well, hell, it out. Blizzard's and, trying to do their stupid version of it now too. I that I watched yeah. the video. It looks. I think that will well. appeal to people who like Hearthstone, but as someone who likes auto battlers, that does not appeal to me. Uh, but to kind of go back to why I give Chess Rush my seal of approval is I think it's the best one I've played. And that may change when Team Fight Tactics comes out on mobile next year, but it looks better than everything else on the um, uh, on Android. I don't know if the probably Apple as well, and it it. So my issue with Underlords now is that the UI after playing so much Chess Rush, the UI on Underlords is garbage, hmm. and the if you go to uh, auto chess which is still a great auto battler but that game is ugly to look at this game looks gorgeous it plays great its presentation is off the charts for a mobile game um again my only criticism is the microtransactions but you can completely ignore those and really have a great time and get addicted to a new genre so we didn't have any listener commentary this week, and mainly because you people are joining our Discord. You people, man, you. he gets so bad. <laughs> yeah, leave a bad Maybe, review. Yeah, so butthurt. You know, you got to do it like this. It's like, <laughs> hey, man, maybe you want to join our Discord, whatever, man. It's fine. <laughs> but we will yeah, if you no. if you play along with us and uh, you want to give other people your opinion on the game if you write in we'll read it on the air uh you know and have a conversation with you about it so i think it's a missed opportunity if you're not joining our discord to hang out and uh interact with us yep and also tell a friend about the podcast yeah and that's the thing that gets those numbers i agree so a lot of times people ask for five-star reviews and i'm sure they make a difference to joe rogan uh, but we're an indie podcast, and I, I think it means more that you say, hey, Jimston, my good buddy, I've listened to this podcast called Budget Arcade. Uh, that will go a long way. All right, so next week we are going to actually doing something a little bit different. Um, I Topless was week. Speaking to... Yeah. Every week. Bottomless week. Also every week. Oh, we're playing another. Oh, can we play Magic Chess Bang Bang next week? It's an auto battler no. on mobile. So, yeah, next week we um, actually have a developer who gave us some codes for a paid game, and we're so we're going to play that and uh, review Corporate that. Shills. And then at the end of that episode, we're going to give you a chance to be able to win either a iOS version of the game Imagine or an Android version of the game. Right. EA, get at us. You want us to talk about how great Battlefront's transa- microtransactions are? Just a little coin. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We want to thank everybody for joining us. If you're listening, uh, wherever you're listening, you know, drop us a review. Uh, you know, Jeff said that it doesn't really matter. But, <laughs> he you lied. Know, everybody's always like, I, don't, I didn't say it doesn't a review. really matter, but I think... Unless you're really getting like thousands of reviews, you know, I'd rather you tell your buddy about us. 
But whatever, you know, you do you. You can listen to Scott. Okay, so if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Budget Arcade. Uh, we also have an Instagram at Budget Arcade. We have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash Budget Arcade. And of course, you can head over to our website, www.budgetarcade.com, where we have write-ups and articles. And I know that uh, the complaint that Elliot has is this game runs a little long each game. You can check out my review of NBA Now and NBA Live Mobile, where I have a pretty firm recommendation for one of those games. <laughs> yeah, a pretty sessions. not firm recommendation for the other. Yeah, not oh, to ruin God. it for you. <laughs> but go check it yeah. out. Elliot, did you do a write-up for this game No, this I week? did not. I believe I texted you saying I didn't want uh, to. <laughs> oh, I didn't see a text for that. Yeah. Um, Selective. Jeff. Oh, please, it's the what, first time. You want me time. to write something up? It's the first time I said I yeah, didn't man. want to. No, no, that's good. Just transcribe Jeff, it. I'll write something. Then? Lord help me. It'll be up in six to eight weeks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. After, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, if you want to send us any hate mail, you can send it to show at budgetarcade.com. And music is by Stimmage. You can download his music at metroidmetal.com. And game on. And I was grinding and saving and grinding and saving. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.